Welcome to Sinner Saint Sister. I'm Allison Sullivan, and this is a podcast about sometimes saving the world and sometimes just surviving in it. In the next hour or so, we will nurture our friendships, explore our joy, shake our fists, all while trying to serve our God, and most likely, all while wearing pajamas. I hope you hear something that lets you know you are loved and helps you love one another. Welcome to Sinner Saint Sister. My 40th birthday was approaching. I had made my husband promise to not do anything wild to celebrate. If anything, I wanted a long, quiet dinner with him one night and, if we were really going to indulge me, a hotel room slumber party with my closest friends the next night wouldn't be terrible. But we had had a busy summer. We had taken an extravagant trip that we had said were our 40th birthday gifts to one another. I truly had no desires to mark the occasion. After all, It was just another birthday. I mean, if we were going to go all out and celebrate something, why waste it on a birthday? Birthdays are the lowest of celebrations in my personal pecking order. They happen every year, and everyone has them. Meh. However, I didn't want to ignore the day completely. It did seem like a landmark. Forty whole years. I vividly remember being 12 years old and going to my mom's 40th birthday party. It was a blast. The people there were so alive with recognition. Ironically, the house it was celebrated in was decorated like a graveyard, and everyone wore black and gave toasts like she was dying, and I'm pretty sure there was a hearse there. I don't tend to negatively obsess about things that I can't change, so I assumed I would welcome in middle age with nonchalance, with grace. But truthfully, in the last couple of years, I've spent more dollars than I will ever admit on creams for my face that promise to turn back time. I use them religiously for approximately five days. I think my nose is growing at an unreasonable rate, and I've noticed the skin under my chin is loosening. My daughter plays with it. It's like her lovey. My other daughter tried to rub a varicose vein off my leg the other day. She thought it was marker. I've started to worry about hearing loss, not being able to see at night incontinence, which truthfully is already a bit of a problem should I decide to cough or sneeze unexpectedly or heaven forbid jump rope. I'm certain that my scoliosis is going to turn me into the shape of the number seven and once I'm misshapen I will never ever be able to find my cane and I'm already fretting that the nursing home is for sure going to make me do arts and crafts. So no, I didn't want to commemorate the day necessarily but I didn't want to let it pass on by and these bouts of Catastrophic thoughts, they weren't what I had in mind either. I laid in bed my last night in my 30s and I contemplated the number 40. As I started thinking about the number 40, it occurred to me that maybe it was worth some fuss after all. Some recognition, some reflection. Because four whole decades can really change a person. I started mulling over my own evolutions one category at a time and realized, well, I realized It was really something. I started writing furiously in an effort to document my growth and my list kept getting longer and longer and as I wrote and wrote, my fingers started cramping and my pen was running out. So I started pressing down into the paper so that it left a deep impression because I was on too hasty of a roll to get out of bed and get a new pen. I couldn't risk breaking my stride. I pressed deep into the page of the notebook I was writing in, anticipating going back in the morning to make sense of my late-night revelations, and by the time I was done, my hand was a throbbing red mess. 
but under my private lamplight, the rest of the house sleeping, I looked at the paper of indentions carved so intensely, so deliberately, with so much passion that the paper was ripped in many places, and I marveled at where I've been and where I've come. Much of the growing up on my list is private, personal, sacred, but much of it, I want to scream from the rooftops for everyone to hear, hopefully some 20-year-olds who could maybe get a head start on living a less complicated life. I remember being in my late 20s and giving some high school senior girls some advice that I thought was important at the time. Number one, find the friendship of God sooner rather than later, I encouraged. You're going to need a friend who's not ever going anywhere and who knows you better than you do. Trust me. Number two, leave home, I said. Fine, college isn't for everyone, but move out. Get uncomfortable. Be homesick. Give yourself a chance to fly. Number three, regarding men, Ignore them, I scolded. Trust me. And I don't mean play hard to get. I mean actually be hard to get. Invest in women instead. Men will come swarming and you'll have so many choices you'll actually be able to pick a really, really good one. And lastly, I cautioned, don't put all your eggs in one basket. Somebody is going to always be smarter than you, prettier than you, funnier than you, wiser than you, more thoughtful than you. But when well-roundedness is the key and not excellence, it's a confidence builder to know that, well, you've got a little bit of everything. I still believe in those things. But this decade, I think I've upped the ante. The very first thing on my scribbled list while there was still ink in the pen was that yes, I am 40 and yes, I still have some work to do regarding exactly how I'm going to finish growing up. But there is one thing, one thing I know for certain and that is whose I am. I, first and foremost, belong to the Lord. I'm 40 now and I know exactly what comes first. And my highest loyalty is not to my family. It's not to my job. It's not to my friends. It's not to my country. It's not to my gender. Knowing who I belong to, this intense loyalty, not just knowing it with my head, but feeling it in my heart affects everything else. How I wife, how I parent, how I work, how I view politics, how I use social media, read a post how I watch TV, how I spend our money, where we live, where I shop, how I eat, which friends I invest in, how I discipline my children, when I speak up, when I stay quiet. Basically, if someone or something doesn't reinforce whose I am or makes me feel less than whose I am, then it gets less of my allegiance. So first things first, knowing whose I am has led to peace. And two, there is something about the peace of that foundation that allows me to more comfortably make decisions for myself. I've quit taking too many other things into account and have begun to listen to what I really, truly want without worrying too much about what other people think. I've never been an endless deliberator, but I do have a tendency to worry if I'm making the most pleasing decision. If there was an algorithm for which decision pleased the most people, I was going to find it, even though math gives me stomach issues. But at 40, I've had enough time to know myself well, and I have a great deal of confidence about whatever I decide that I'm not alone, and it makes me less afraid of making mistakes. Making decisions for myself has made me feel bold. And number three, do you know what boldness has led me to? I've told some pretty discouraging voices to shut up. I've tamed my inner critic. You know, that voice that asks, who do you think you are? What if your idea doesn't work? You have nothing in common with those people. They will not accept you. 
you have nothing new to say. At 40, I can so much more easily recognize these hisses as the voice of an enemy, not the voice of an informant. And I can step over it and then get on with my mission. That voice might come from the depths of my own insecurity, or it might come from another individual, but whatever its source, its bottom source is an enemy. And after four decades of life, it is so much easier to filter out, walk away from, and get on with what the Lord asks of me. Silencing mean or discouraging voices has made me feel free. And fourth, the freedom that comes with stepping over an enemy has emboldened me to take more risks, to be more creative. I've calmly accepted that I'm not going to navigate this life perfectly, but an insistence on excellence should never keep me from the fearlessness that I'm called to. Stepping out, taking risks, giving it a whirl, going where God leads, moving with the spirit, obeying that tug in my heart. I get to live the best way that I can. And it's taken me 40 years to figure out that my job is to love well in a way that is unique to me and let God lead me along as I do it. Always sensitive. To that stirring in my heart. Letting go of perfection has inspired my creativity. Knowing whose I am, making decisions for myself, stepping over unkind voices, taking more risks, and the peace and the boldness and the freedom and the creativity that those lessons have led to. 40, it's not just a gateway to old age. Mm -mm. For me, 40 is joy. Joy personified, in motion, out loud. Joy. I used to think that becoming a grown-up meant living off of a bucket list. But then I, I grew up and I realized that there's really only one item on my bucket list. And it's creating a life of joy. And this for me at 40 is joy. You know... In the book of Genesis, Noah was asked to build an ark in order to spare his family and the animals two by two from 40 days and 40 nights of rain. And at the end of those 40 days and 40 nights, those sons and daughters of Adam and Eve, they saw the clouds part and they knew that it was up to them to go forth and start again. Wiser, wary, well-informed. The tumultuous, confusing, terrifying 40 days where they were tossed around against their will, it was over. And the, the skies were clear now. And they were responsible for what came next. And Moses? Moses led his people through the wilderness for 40 years before getting to the promised land. And these people were a motley crew gathering of irritable, skeptical, fickle, disobedient vagabonds. But after 40 years in the desert, those vagabonds emerged to the promised land as a whole. God took a band of misfits and made them a people, a people called Israel. And Jesus, Jesus went into the wilderness, led there by the spirit in solitude in prayer, fasting in the Judean desert for 40 days and 40 nights. And this was before his public ministry. And during those 40 days and nights, Jesus was tempted by Satan, but he found strength to survive the desert's harsh conditions and the tempter's seduction. He fed on God's word. He found strength in doing his father's will. He got good and hungry and he came into serious encounter with his own soul, God's good heart and what he was here to do. The number 40 is all over scripture all over. 
And 40 in the Bible, every time is symbolic. When we see it, we know that it means something has been solidified. Something has been changed for good. Something has been established. Something is a tried and tested version of what was resulting in restoration, revival, renewal. The number 40, days or years, is seen as a time of purification, preparation. And it all sounds about right. In the end, my husband rented a small room in a nice restaurant with five of my best friends and their husbands. The laughter was loud and the toasts were long. And there were no hearses. I'm not sure that I've ever felt more loved in my whole life. I look in the mirror now and I know that I'm not finished yet. But I do know that 40 is the marker of something holy. Ecclesiastes. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their work. If one falls down, his friend can help him up, but pity the man who falls and has no one to help him up. This is my friend Dawn. We've been friends for 21 years. She is a perfect travel companion, incredibly fierce on the dance floor, and she always smells nice. We've always helped each other up. I just sounded like I was caught off guard. Like I didn't know you were in my room. <laughs> and oh my I, gosh. And I had all with this microphone. Where'd you come from? <laughs> so Dawn, we have been friends for a really long time. I'm just going to take my shoes off. Yeah, please. <laughs> okay. We're just going to laugh the whole time. I hope that's it's okay fun. with everyone. It's good. So... <laughs> Anyways, we've been friends for a long time. We met in college, mm-hmm. and um, I am so thankful that we're still friends. <laughs> we always said we might have a fight one day where we can't overcome it. Thank God. I Thank think, God, truly. I think that, that we have really, You know, okay, so we both have we've strong grown. personalities, mm-hmm. but we both intensely love the Lord, and we yes. intensely love each other. Yes. So um, we always, we've always just been aware. Yeah. You know? <laughs> It could happen. It could happen. But it's but, not going to. But we love each other. No, it's not. And yeah. by the way, we've pushed through things. Totally. It's not been like all sunshine and rainbows. No. Like we you we work. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. So um I actually what I did not even know that that would come up. I'm glad that it did. But um when I say that I'm glad You're that like, we're still I have friends. some things to talk to you about right now <laughs> in front of everyone. I didn't know. So now if you don't mind. These are the ways you've hurt me in the last month. (laughs) No, but what I meant by, I'm so glad that we're still friends, not like, you know, in spite of all that. Right, no. We're making this sound way better. (laughs) You're like, ever what happened between them? High drama. She stole my boyfriend, guys. No, nothing. I mean, normal friendship stuff. Normal stuff. But um, I am glad that we're still friends because I love watching us mature together and parent together and be wives together and just all of these wonderful milestones. I just love watching you do life. I love you. (laughs) You know I love you and I feel the same. And I wish we lived in the same city. I know. We would be really great neighbors. Yeah. Like, these people are driving me crazy. Can I come over (laughs) to your house? 
Um, okay, so let's go through just a couple of friendship highlights. I'm okay. gonna I'm gonna go first. Okay. 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 Yeah. So um, I was young, single, in a going nowhere relationship. Um, I really I went to New York and um, for the summer I was teaching school and Are I you had dating this... someone. I mean, really. <laughs> There is a microphone here. We are, it's on record. Okay. Well, I'm going to, I'm sorry. I mean, it is a conversation, I, but I mean. I might interject at times. <laughs> that is normal. Okay. So, um, so going nowhere. Yes, I was dating someone. God, I and single. Well, I acted like I was single. <laughs> okay. Focus. Anyways, I was teaching school, had the whole summer off. And, um, was like, you know, I'm going to New York and I had a friend that lived there. We were going to, I was going to stay there. It was going to be great. And he was like working for VH1 or something. Yeah. And it was just a really cool job. And you were flight attending in Newark, which mm-hmm. was just a hop, skip and a jump away. And so we spent that summer together giggling our way <laughs> through New York and we just had, so our the friend that I was staying with, you ended up staying there quite a bit too, yes, if I remember correctly. Which was so nice. And he had just these really um kind of not highbrow, but just artsy friends. And so yeah. and so we ran in these very interesting circles and I don't know, it was maybe like my first introduction to like slam poetry or interpretive <laughs> dance or I don't know. But they would and ask the us in the church, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. But they would ask us when we would meet someone new, we would shake hands and they would say, So what's your art? <laughs> and I got real tired of saying I taught middle school. <laughs> Yeah, they didn't care that you were a teacher and I was a flight attendant. <laughs> Literally could care less. Right. So we started making things up in an effort to be interesting. And so I think I said that, you know, I did stained glass and you mentioned like some puppeteering. Or, <laughs> I don't know. I think we threw out. What's funny is that we didn't even try to stick with one thing. We like no, threw yeah. out like five things. Well, let's try it out. I mean, <laughs> I'm the gymnast that uses those ribbons. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Anyways. So yeah, that, that was a highlight. We, we had a good time. Oh my gosh. That's the thing that I really, truly love about you, that you're always up for an adventure. You're not high maintenance about what that looks like, which Mm. I love. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're like, oh, you've got a floor. Great. I'll be there. Mm -hmm. And you made that, like that time come to life for me. So it was so Mm. lonely living up there. Mm. I didn't have anyone when I was not flying. Then it was just a kind of lonely time. So I just remember it being like, we are meeting all these amazing people. Mm-hmm. Like one of the guys was in Gilmore Girls. Yeah. And, um, one of the guys, your friend is like a big producer now, right? Maybe. Who? I have no idea. Okay. I don't know. Y'all have kept up. Y'all have kept up. Okay. Stay close. He hosted you for three months and you don't know what he's doing. Perfect. I have a lot of friends. Uh-huh. Yeah. So popular about you. Which well, producer friend? Yeah. I don't know. Which one are you talking about? Anyway, that was an amazing summer and I was just so thankful for you. And I just, I remember. You know what? I can see now though that we were both lonely because I, you know, that was an interesting time in my life too. I didn't, I wouldn't have put words to that. I wouldn't Mm -hmm. have said, I wouldn't never have admitted that at the time. Mm -hmm. So anyway. No, I was like crying in my pillow telling everyone. (laughs) If social media was out there, I'd been like unfollowed quickly from all the depressing posts I would make. 
Because it was like lonely. I was like, what is happening? Yeah. All right, give me a highlight. Okay, I have so many, <clears throat> but honestly, meeting you, you're. You really are one of my friends that I just don't have very many like this. Mm. You're just so, I don't want to say wild at heart. I don't know why that phrase comes to mind. I mean, that was like a men's devotional book. But I just, you're just so free. You know what? I'm going to claim it. (laughs) (laughs) You're free and fun and other than, and you don't get caught up in things. You're willing to have a good time and laugh, but go deep. And I've just always loved all those different things about Mm. you. And I just remember meeting you that summer between my senior year and fifth year and before your senior year in college and just how much fun we had Mm -hmm. and how we just really tried to enjoy it to the fullest and we'd stay up super late Mm -hmm. and go out and hear different bands and I don't know that was just the beginning of a a, a lifetime of an adventure with you Mm -hmm. and even Mm -hmm. recently like you would think, oh, of course you do that in your 20s, and you do, but even recently, you're the friend that we go to LA, and mm-hmm. I remember driving in the car and singing Indigo Girls super loudly and recording yes. it and yes. being ridiculous. Yeah, my phone was filled up within, like, the first five <laughs> minutes in LA because Don needs a new angle of us singing. Like, try again. <laughs> try again. That was pretty good. We're going to do it one more time. Um, it was so fun, though. And So fun. You're the friend that texted me last month. Like, we're going to, we've got to go to LA when the Golden Globes are happening. Yes. We've got to go to Utah when yes. they're having their big film festival. Yes. Sundance Film Festival and I'm like you would do it mm-hmm. and I just love that about you with you I yeah. would do it with you <laughs> <laughs> I love Anytime. it okay so Don, we're both 40 yeah. it happened tell me how you're coping tell me how you're dealing with it any midlife crises yeah oh for sure I mean I definitely think I want 40 to be amazing I'll say this oh gosh Hurricane Harvey happened around my birthday. Yeah, And that was, I mean, you know, and that was actually pretty hard and did not set the best tone for 40, if I'm being honest. Yeah. And I think that I just kept thinking, like, I just know so many people that I feel like they wake up on their 40th birthday and they're like, I'm 40 and I'm a totally free and new person. I'm like, but you're the same person you were the day before when you were 39. You know, I mean, like, yes and no. And I know a lot of older adults who are not that great, you know, I mean, like they're still a mess. And so I, I, well, and sometimes like the idiosyncrasies get accentuated as we get older instead of rough edges being smoothed. It's totally kind of the opposite. Yeah. And so I, I think, I mean, I don't know. I really expected it to be a little bit more, I don't know. I, I, I better than it was, I guess. Yeah. I don't know how to say yeah. it. But yeah. there are definitely some amazing things that come with it too, right? I've never really been one to care a whole lot, but of course everybody cares, right? Like you always kind of have this um feeling of like, I don't know, you do care about what other people think. And so I do think I don't care quite as much. Mm-hmm. I I mean, I had a friend the other day and they they said that they they really think about like if I post this video on Instagram, it might annoy someone. Right. And I'm like, hit send and move on. Yeah. Like, if it bothers people, they'll yeah. unfollow you. <clears throat> if it doesn't, I mean, it's just, I, what I was telling her is, um, I said, I don't think that much about it because here's what I think. If I think it's funny or interesting or whatever, the people I'm friends with, we share that in some way, you mm-hmm. know, and it's not going to be like perfect every time, but yeah. 
I just think like, oh, this is interesting to me. Hit, hit, post, whatever. Right. Or I love right. these people or I don't think that much about it. But that's when you realize like, I don't know if it's just who I am or I think it's also a result of being older. Yeah. But I mean, if I'm being honest, I'd rather be 30 and have this wisdom. Oh, for sure. <laughs> I wish I would have been born 40. No doubt about it. Because I'm one of those people that woke up 40 and fabulous. Yeah. <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> you are. I, no. You were like posting. You were like, here I am, world. I am 40. I'm 40. It, like, something switched to it, you? You know what? I feel like I'm probably overdoing it. It's like I, I have all this newfound brazenness. <laughs> like, who are you? And I'm using it all at once. <laughs> Now that I'm 40, it's like I've been saving it up my whole life. And the day I turned 40, I'm like, you know, I'm trying to fill in these terrible gaps. Like in every picture, you're like glowing. Your beauty is like regressing backwards. Oh, Mine's not. My skin is getting thin. I have sunspots. Like I just keep thinking of my grandma who was like, use sunscreen and I didn't enough, you know? Well... I can, I, I make a lot of noises when I, when I like get up. What? When I get up and, and I, I thought to ask the question, like, is that really necessary? But the thing is, is I think it is like, yeah. it's like wear and tear, man. <laughs> <laughs> and then my, I get, okay, you know, I have varicose veins and I'm like, well, great. So my yeah. circular story system is okay. just going to start revealing itself now. Like, no. I guess the ways that my insides are failing or <laughs> everyone's business now. Like, what? No, here's what I want to know. Are your friends doing all the maintenance things? Mm. Um, you know, I, I feel like Waco is probably a lot like BCS, where we have yeah. a lot of people who are very intentional with how they spend their money. Yeah. So are they getting facelifts. Um, no. Do I have a couple of friends who get Botox? Yes. Do I have a couple of friend, a handful of friends who have, uh, probably more than a handful with boob jobs. Um, yeah. so yes and no, mostly no, mostly name no. them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Well, I, I think because I work full time, <clears throat> I, I don't always have enough time to do all the things, right? Because I have kids and blah, blah, blah. And um, and I just a little bit sometimes feel more haggard than I want to. Mm-hmm. And especially lately, like some of these things on my face, I'm like, what is happening? But, you know, most people I know are using a pretty hefty nightly and morning beauty regimen. Like they yeah. have all the things. And I asked about that on Facebook one time. And then it's like, oh, I got so many nice no, you know what I'm still doing? Nothing. Because it was so overwhelming, I didn't know where to start. Yeah. Um, so, I, I do know. feel less importance. I do I do feel less importance on looking a certain way. But I think a lot of that mm. has to do with confidence in the, kind of these other qualities. It, it, I think I'm cheap, really. <laughs> I'm just not going to spend the money. I mean, would all I like those things? Sure. All the time. That's what I think. I mean, <clears throat> even if I had the money, could I commit per week? That is a lot. Yeah. Well, I did. I got eyelash extensions for a while because I used to oh, have these did. really great eyelashes and babies took them, which they got them. So I'm, I mean, that's fine. <laughs> Here's how I lay down my life for you yet again. You take oh my, my eyelashes. I just saw someone with a baby <laughs> and I basically felt like I was telling her, they're going to take everything from you. And then left her. Like, here's a casserole. Your life is not your own. I'm sorry. 
I was like, God, I probably shouldn't be the baby welcomer, you know? And I love my kids, but I, it was so traumatic for me, my first baby, that I was just, yeah. you know, anyways. Well, so Sorry. anyways, eyelash extensions. I did, I did that for a couple of months and the time, it just really got to, like when I get a manicure yeah. on the rare occasion that I do that, yeah. I'm like, no lotion, don't massage me. Like let's. What? No. I don't have time. No. I don't have time. I go for the massage. No, don't touch me. It's strange. <laughs> We don't know each other, except this is, okay. Did I know this about you, that you don't like massages? It's so weird. <laughs> no, Literally, no. I beg Steve every night to give me a massage. Like, no, I do. I, I really do. Um, because now I kind of need them. Like, my, mm-hmm. I have a bad back. Yeah. But, um, okay, if it's, a rela- if it's for relaxation, no. There are many other ways I would rather relax. <laughs> I feel like you're talking about sex right now. <laughs> um, not me. I'm going to go ahead and choose the massage all day, every day. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay. Um, okay, so listen. Let, I want to ask you. Okay, so, Don, now that we're 40, what are some things that we just need to quit? We just need to just oh. stop doing. Don't do that. You know, we've talked about this before, but... I'm finding like clothes is a really hard mm. thing to figure out mm-hmm. because you definitely have to stop shopping in the junior section mm-hmm. at Dillard's. Mm-hmm. Yes, but I don't want to go all the way over to Chico's. <laughs> so like, <laughs> I don't know. They have some good jewelry sometimes. I know. <laughs> yeah. So where does that leave us? No, you're right. I was in the mall the other day and I'm I'm looking around at the junior section because the other section wasn't <laughs> working for me. But it was like everything was kind of neon. Like, oh, it was, like, too so bright. Neon. And I was, like, I'm going to put, I'm going to look like poisonous frog. Like, I'm <laughs> no, going to look like. It's too much. So, like, some kind of insect or uh-huh. hummingbird. It's just not, not, well, all of those things are natural. It's just not right. Like, no. you would look like an old head on a young body. Yeah. Well, or just, <laughs> in my case, <laughs> I just think it's also tight. It would be, like, I don't know, yeah. popping out everywhere. But it is. You have to strike a balance between. You look like you're trying too hard versus you look like you're not trying at all. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. You can't try all the new trends. Wash your face, Dawn. (laughs) Get a cream. (laughs) But don't, don't shop in the junior section. I do feel like, I do feel like that I want to try to be the best version of myself, but I don't want to try to be um, somebody that's, Trying so hard to yeah. hang on to her youth. For me, 40 has been a matter of comfort. And I yeah. just, I feel more comfortable with who I am. I feel more comfortable with who I'm not. And there's yes. something about this open-armed, this is me. Mm-hmm. There's something about revealing your true heart, like dropping a charade. Yes. There is no more charade. Yeah. This is me. Yeah. And there's something about that comfortableness that that I think attracts people and draws yeah. people in. But the the same thing about that, you know, um, about this open heartedness, this wide yeah. armed, is that it rejection can be a little more personal now yeah. too, you know, because I have dropped the charade. So it's really me. You're rejecting now. But I think it's just part, I think that's just part of the price you pay with your self-comfort. Yes. You know? And so it, yes. y- you count the cost. Yeah. Would you rather walk or rock around, you know, with this charade or would you rather be your true self and maybe have a little bit of a smaller circle or 
people unfollow you. Yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> since you pushed send or uh, yeah. whatever. And you it's know. so weird to me because in my mind, you've been always such an honest, mm. open person that I don't think many people who know you really think that you've been living in the charade, mm-hmm. but you probably just feel even more comfortable to put it out there. Mm-hmm. I, I used to be very pathologically loyal. And so like mm-hmm. if I, this is a silly example, but if I, if I picked up a book, I'm going to finish it Oh yeah. because I picked up a book and now, um, I just, I feel a lot less insistence. You know, there's yeah. this, we, you and I will sing Patty Griffin at the top of our lungs, but <laughs> she sings this song about a place that just isn't for her anymore. Mm-hmm. And she's talking about, you know, this old building that never cared to know my name. Yes. Oh, I she's, love that song. Right. She's uh-huh. talking about the colored doors that uh-huh. she always thought would let her in one day. And she's walking along the grass like and it's crunchy. Chills. Me too. That song I know. Is so good. She's walking along the grass and it's crunchy and she's a flock of birds flew away from her. Mm-hmm. And it was, she just had this realization that this place isn't for me. Yeah. It's not for me. And so mm-hmm. goodbye. I am so tired of useless yep. desire. Yeah. And there is something about 40 and kind of being fed up a little bit mm-hmm. that makes me able to say, whether it's a party, whether it's a situation, whether it's a job, whether it's a relationship, that if you're not reminding me of Christ, if you're yeah. not drawing me towards Christ, I'm not mad. Yeah, no. But I'm not investing either. It's this is this time is sacred. Mm-hmm. Um, this present moment matters. Yeah. We you know, we have a tendency of thinking that the next moment's more important than this one. Yes. And no, this moment matters and I'm gonna spend it well. Yeah, that's so good. No, and I wish I could give credit to what I'm about to say because I've been listening, I have been listening to a lot of podcasts lately. And um And I feel like a a big message I've heard and that has been really freeing for me lately is just, you know, don't let things weigh you down. So for example, I do love shopping. I will buy something and then later just be like, I don't love this shirt, but it's too late to take it back. So I hold on to it thinking maybe it'll work with a different outfit. Maybe it'll work with a different thing. And then you just kind of accumulate junk. Right. And um, someone was saying, just look at it be like, man, I shouldn't have purchased you and get rid of it and move on. Mm. And that's like Hmm. a dumb, small example, but it it really, for me, brings to life of just anything that's really weighing you down, Mm -hmm. but you're holding on to it because you made that choice or you did the same. You don't have to see it all the way through. Like you could just say, you know what? I made a mistake and I'm going to make a left turn. You know, Mm -hmm. like I I was going on this path, but I don't have to stay on this path. Like I can, I feel like, it's okay to just say this isn't working and move mm-hmm. on, you know, and not just yeah. keep grinding away at something yes. that is so obviously not okay. Yeah. I felt a very strong attachment for things to be the ways that I wish they were. Yes. Oh, I'm so glad you brought that up. Yes. Because like I, I, I had to go see the doctor because I think I had the flu, like, I mean, all of America mm-hmm. and she, and we started talking about a couple of other just different things And she said to me, you know, I understand there's a lot of things you wish were a certain way. And I think you're kind of living in that. I just want to get there, but we've got to deal with where we are now Mm -hmm. and let's deal with that. And then we'll get there, you Mm -hmm. know? And I was like, it's so true that, um, probably everybody has something in their life that it's hard to deal with where they are now. So they just kind of try to work around it. But I think it's really freeing when you just except, okay, this is where I'm at now. I think one thing I like is just 
I'm trying not to to be the kind of person that's like, this is always how it's been. This is always how it'll be. Mm-hmm. And kind of be saying no and being open to learning and mm-hmm. being open to trying new things mm-hmm. and not saying like, I'm, I've never done that and I'm 40 years old, yeah. but instead being like, so what? What if I'm good at it? What if I'm not? Like, right. I still want to yes. go do it. Yeah. Like, I, I just want to try. Yes. And who cares if I look dumb? Yeah. But like, I, I don't want to not try. I feel like I've spent a lifetime wasting my talents. Yes. You know, I mean, and it started in high school because yeah. I wanted to be a cheerleader, but I was on newspaper staff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're so scared. You're so scared to fail Yeah. that, that, and look dumb, that you don't want to try and if you never did it. And I do think like, you know, I mean, for example... I remember moving to Waco and um, softball was like a big deal. The girls had made it to the national championship several years and you had to have been doing it in the womb, you know? And so like I, of course, was in fourth grade and hadn't been. And so I never did it. And it's like, how sad that I was in fourth grade and didn't try to pick it up if I wanted to. I mean, I'm not really the softball player kind of type, but you know, whatever. If I wanted to. We don't know that. Could have been. (laughs) But, and and I do, I think so early on, you kind of learn like, oh, I don't know that I'll be able to do that. And so, uh, as well as everybody else, or even be able to catch up. So I'm going to move on. And now I'm like, so what? I mean, if I want to go play softball, I'm going to go do it, even though I've never swung a bat right now. I may go tomorrow and join a Waco City League if I want. I'm texting you tomorrow. <laughs> That's not what I want to do. But if I wanted to. But we're not going to spend our lives wasting our talents. Uh-uh. Don't you feel like you have a better just awareness? Doing something fun. Doing something fun. Yeah. That you always wanted to do, but you have friends who are better at it. And mm-hmm. so you don't do it. Oh, because that's right. you're like, yes. well, I know 15 people that are so good at it, so I'm not going to do it. An I don't want to be like that anymore. An enemy would love to convince you that either you don't have any gifts or yeah. even if you do, even if the Lord didn't pass you up when he was handing them out, that y- it's not enough. Yeah. It's not good enough. Yeah. And I think, I think <clears throat> we think we have to be the best at something. Mm. And the, the truth is, even if you're good at something, you're probably not going to be the best, right? There's millions of people of in this world. Like, there's always You'll somebody funnier fine. than you. There's always somebody yes. smarter than you. There's always somebody prettier than so you. So, like, why, why think I can't do that because I'm not going to be the best? Well, even if you were good at it, you're not going to be the best. So, yeah. if you have an interest in it, if yeah. you want to try it, yeah. like, go for it. Okay. So, is that what you would have told your 20-year-old self? Mm-hmm. What would you tell your 20-year-old self? That. I would, I would say... Do not let fear keep you from having a lot of fun adventures. Yeah. My biggest prayer for my girls um, is that they would be so connected to God that their entire identity would be in him Mm -hmm. and they wouldn't have a need to look anywhere else Mm -hmm. for it. And um, someone referred it to being like keeping your top button button. You know, you can't get the rest button (laughs) in line if you don't do your top button. (laughs) I like that. And I had a friend once who was going through a hard time and, and just you know the pastor called her and she said well I'm, I'm keeping my top button buttoned and I've I think I've kind of gone back to that of like it really is like if, like everything else like it's not a healthy good relationship if you're not spending quality time together if you're not learning mm-hmm. about each other mm-hmm. if you're not um, investing in each other it's the same thing with God and mm-hmm. if I'm not doing that then I'm going to look to a lot of places for my identity and I'm going to yeah. look to a lot of places for 
um, entertainment and mm-hmm. joy and like an escape and mm-hmm. all those things. Well, Don, I think we definitely need a 40th birthday do-over for you. We do. I've been thinking. Oh, so again, okay, so this is the new thought. Like, okay, so 40 was a little bit hard, obviously, but also some good. I mean, I think I've, I feel like I've been so negative. I don't feel that way. I just, I think I'm dealing with where I'm at, you know? Yeah. But I've just been thinking like, who says? Like, maybe 41 is where it's at. Yeah. Like, it doesn't have to be just 40. That is a great point. And right. Anyways, it doesn't matter. It's like, that's where I, that's where I had to come. I was like, it's not, it didn't really go the way I wanted it to. It was a little bit harder than I thought it was going to be. But whatever, it's a moment, it's a number. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of how life is, you know. Mm-hmm. You just can't predict everything. You can't say this is how it's supposed to go. And so, fine, like let's do it when I'm 41. Yeah. Whatever. I want to celebrate. Or 40 and a half. Or 40 I mean. and a half. <laughs> that's Valentine's Day. That's this <gasps> week. 40 and three quarters. Okay. Because <laughs> that's a lot of pressure <laughs> to pull something like, what off. What are you gonna do? <laughs> Are you whisking me away to Paris? And also, by the way, I've I've got an Uber right outside. I did not want to do anything. I did not want to. Well, because um, you said it's bottom of your list. Well, I just don't enjoy being center stage. I I really don't. I like um, I would never want a party for me if there was. I feel like I'm putting everyone out. I feel like I'm inconveniencing everyone. So. Um, if we, if so there nice were of you. a couple of, <laughs> so <laughs> if there were a couple of people turning 40 at the same time and we all went in together, party. that mm-hmm. would be fine. That's like my nightmare. I'm like, I don't want to share my birthday. Not really. <laughs> Not really. I'm, I'm more open to it, but you know, I'm like. You know what make, what cracks me up? So I just I just love you, but it was my mom that was like, Dawn's a diva, huh? And oh. I was, <laughs> diva Dawn. Diva I know. Dawn. When she called me that, I was like, I am not. And then I was so offended. And then now I'm like, and ever since she called me that, I'm like, oh, I, I kind of am. This is what she meant. I am a little bit. But I didn't even realize it either. I just love mm-hmm. you. And then I'm Well, because I'm diva in the ways of like. I really like nice things. I won't go sleep on a floor for three months in New York. Mm -hmm. I do need a bed. I do need certain things. I'm particular. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I've learned. (laughs) I'm particular. Um, So anyways, we had had a fun summer. Our family had had a good summer. And so we went to Israel, which was absolutely amazing. Which I still need to hear. I know you do. All the details, all the details. but it's so good. Following you was so fun to see. Oh, thanks. But um, that was supposed to be our fortieth birthday gift to okay. one another, and so I didn't want, you know. And then I don't like the attention, so it was just a, a a couple of good reasons to say, really, husband, don't do anything. Mm-hmm. And um, he rented out a tiny little room in a restaurant with just five of my best girlfriends and their husbands. So fun. And we stayed late, and they gave beautiful toasts and Aww. it was perfect yeah it was really really very perfect but it was a surprise I didn't know it great it was really really wonderful and um I I realize this is maybe kind of a 40 year old lesson too is that I think a lot of times we convince ourselves that loving is in giving mm-hmm. when loving is actually an exchange and mm-hmm. so an exchange requires a giver and a receiver mm-hmm. and so just being 
a little more willing to just let people love you. Let people love you. And so that was what that night was for me, was just kind of surrendering to here we are. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Thank you I for love that you had to surrender to that. I'm like, I'll take all the love. <laughs> I do not need to surrender. I am good. Thank like you. all the compliments, all the love, all the encouragement. More is more is more is more. How did this podcast experience compare to Freudian slip? Oh my gosh. So much better. <laughs> Freudian slip is an yeah. improvisational comedy troupe. Uh-huh. And you could go try out on our college campus. Uh-huh. And Dawn is very naturally funny. She's got a lot of charisma. <laughs> She's quick-witted. That's all it took for me to think I could be an improv. <laughs> <laughs> so she went to go try out. And what happened, With Dawn? With a friend, yes. So uh, my friend and I went to go try out. And, I mean, if I'm being honest, I did really think... I'm going to be so good at this. I can't wait to go try out. Like people always tell me I'm so funny. It's going to be so amazing. I'm going to have all these hilarious lines that are not like what you would think. Easy jokes. And I'll just never forget. So it was my friend and I. And like immediately, you know, they're like circle up in the front. And I don't even know. It's like we're clapping and somebody stands in the middle and they, they, they say some things and then when you have a thought, you're going to jump in and say it too, you know? And so I'm just standing there clapping and everyone has gone and my mind is like blank and I can't even, I'm choking. I'm freezing. I can't have a thought. And even this guy beside me, when we're like in competition, he's like, "Uh, you have to speak. Like you have to say something. And I was like, I can't, I can't think of anything to say. I learned that <laughs> it's harder than it looks oh my gosh. and it's not the same as just like being funny with your girlfriend. And, um, yeah, I totally froze and I just left. You did not freeze up here. In fact, Dawn, we do need to, to kind of wrap this podcast up. <laughs> <laughs> just go People on and on. To eight hours of a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> listen, 40 is still young. 40 is the new 30. You can mm-hmm. go be, you could go retry out. You could be in 41. 41. Remember, we're, we're, I have they to say, think say, of say, 41. Say, 41. You're, you're living your best life I'm, in 40. I'm done. <laughs> 41 is mine. Okay, so 41 is going to happen, mm-hmm. and we're going to have a killer birthday party for you. Thank you. You can go try out as a stand-up comic. <laughs> no, thank you. I'll be in the audience. I'll give it, be giving you lots of generous laughter. I'll never do it again. <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, I try out to be a housewife. Then I would tune in. In that case, I would tune in. Um, Okay, Dawn. Well, I love you. Thank you for talking about all these things, for being vulnerable, for being funny, for sharing. I get to see you close and you're marvelous. Love you. And now a word from our sponsors. Are you trying to make cleaner living and a healthier lifestyle part of your 2018? Then get safer and high-performing products into your hands with Beauty Counter through Kristen DeVore at www.beautycounter.com forward slash Kristen DeVore. That's K-R-I-S-T-E-N-D-E-V-O-R-E. My personal favorite is the charcoal bar. That black beauty has done more for my 40-year-old skin than anything I've tried. I love it so much I bought four at Christmas for my three friends and an extra for myself because I get antsy when I think of running out. Again, that's www.beautycounter.com forward slash 
Kristen DeVore, K-R-I-S-T-E-N-D-E-V-O-R-E. And Revival Living Interiors. Recently, Emily and Stacy of Revival Living Interiors gave my bedroom a facelift. They came in with their talent and a few treasures and used much of what I already had to make that space feel brand new. I looked around and cried real tears at their attention to detail. I could feel the love that they put in. Revival Living Interiors, where their prayers that your house is a place of inspiration, love, and legacy. Revival starts at home. Let them help you revive yours. My best friend and I certainly don't have all the answers, but that's never stopped us when it comes to matters of the heart from trying to comprehend evaluate, analyze, apply, and synthesize. Wait, is that Bloom's taxonomy? I knew we were onto something. This is me, my best friend Kristen, and your questions. Hi, Beefy. Hi, Beefinator. Season two. Woohoo! I know, it's been a while. Look at, we have fancy equipment. I mean, this is... There's a microphone, y'all. <laughs> it's legit. It's blinking. Um, okay, so this episode is about turning 40. I don't know anything about that. <laughs> Not 40 yet. Months and months away. Long. You're 39 and a half. 39 and a half. Do you feel any midlife crises coming on? I really don't. I feel like I've already been planning because so many friends have been turning 40, including you. Um, I feel like for me, 40 is going to be the year of the comfortable no. Like, could I do that? Yes. Am I capable of doing that? Yes. Would I do a good job at that? Probably. Am I going to do it? No. No. Comfortably, no. No. And I ain't mad at you, but no. No, No, thank you. No. Good luck with that. (laughs) I like it. Um, What about you? No, I don't. I, no. I I love being 40. Um, I... I feel like not having a midlife crisis feels a little bit unfashionable, but I think they were mostly for our parents. Like I, yes. I feel like our parents did that, but I don't, I don't really see that happening that much with us. No, nope. we got this. But I, one thing, I don't know what 40 is going to be for me. I mean, I, I feel like it's going to be a lot of things for me because I'm really enthusiastic about it. But one of the things is that I don't feel this, um, a, awareness, like this anxious awareness of what other people are thinking about me. Like I'm not having, um, you know, you know, the moments where you're awake at night, um, wishing that you wouldn't have said something mm-hmm. or like the vulnerability hangover, yeah, vulnerability hangovers. <laughs> I'm not really doing much of that anymore. I'm, I'm having far less, um, far fewer embarrassing moments, just okay. things like that. Okay, like, but, but what was your most embarrassing moment? Uh, I need, I think I might need you to go first. (laughs) Okay. Um, I have two. One I was just talking about with my son. Um, high school, cafeteria, imagine it. Everyone's there in the commons. Mm. I walked from the bathroom through the entire cafeteria. Definitely noticed that people were looking at me. Definitely thought it was because of my new skirt and tights, um, that were so cute, but really it was that the skirt was tucked into that tights and I I was full on mooning the um really the whole cafeteria but really with a focus on the football player table so that happened were you wearing underwear yeah but and it was tights ish but it was my butt yeah shining through the entire cafeteria and then the second one um (laughs) just happened recently and you maybe had to be there but I was at work very formal environment 
and popped into someone's office that I don't even know that well. And, um, we were talking about something like kind of personal and he, and he was feeling uncomfortable clearly. And he tried to get past me like out the door, but I thought he was coming in at me. And so I just dove at him and hugged him, but not even just like a normal hug, but like I went inside of his suit jacket. No, no, no. And then because he's pushing to get away from me, I kind of like my head was on his chest. Like I could do like a little, nuzzle, a little nuzzle. And I was already yes, in, so I had I to stay there. With him. That happened at work. <laughs> and then you just go back to your desk. And I'm sweating right now thinking about it. Me what? too. I forgot okay. me too. What was yours? Okay. <laughs> um, so we had just moved into our house, and there were a lot of trees in the front, but they kind of covered the house. And, and so I wanted to just trim the trees. I needed the trees trimmed. And so... Um, it was while I was away and, and it's not cheap in yeah. case oh, yeah. you don't yeah, know. Yeah. But, um, so they came, I spent a lot of dollars to get the trees trimmed. And when I came back, it, it kind of looked the same. And so I just, I sent him, um, I sent him a quick, a, a quick text. And I was like, Hey, you know, I, I just, I don't really notice much difference. I'm not trying to be rude or anything, but it was just, it's just kind of a lot of money and it's not exactly what I had in mind. And he was like, oh my gosh, no problem. Um, just tell me exactly what you'd like and we'll come back. I mean, they were great. They were so great. And I said, well, um, I don't know. You know what? I've, <laughs> I've never done this before. I really, um, what I wanted to say was I really need your judgment to know what needs to be trimmed. <laughs> Uh, except <laughs> we're texting except, it's text except what came out <laughs> what came out was I need <laughs> I need your huge meat no <laughs> I need your huge meat to know what needs to be trimmed <laughs> oh, so bad it was so it's bad. out there it's done it's there <laughs> And then I didn't, I just left it at that. Like he came back, he trimmed and we just never really spoke of it. (laughs) Moving on. Moving on. Okay. So, um, now that we're 40 beefy, what are some things that you would never ever like that we're just done with? That's not happening anymore. Um, camping, camping. Yeah, me too. It seems good in theory. It's one of those things that seems unpopular, you know, to, yeah, yeah, yeah. like it's an unpopular to opinion. That. Yeah. Um, you, um, litter. I would, I would not litter yeah, anymore. Yeah. Um, take a shot. Um, yeah, no, I'm, I don't think I would be taking any shots. I might. I'm for a good cause. <laughs> <Definitely>. <laughs> um, pull an all nighter. Same, same. Maybe for a good cause. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fine. Um, wear a crop top. <laughs> no. I can't be for sure I ever did that. Um, I was all about the crop top. <laughs> probably not getting streaking is kind of my college trick. <laughs> probably not. No. We do have different party tricks these yes. days, I yes. guess. <clears throat> okay. Well, so, but now that we are 40, what are things that we would have never done at 20? That would just have never been happening. Um, I currently travel with my pillow. Uh, yeah. No, that'd be way super lame to show up <laughs> at 20. In fact, we had a slumber party and both of y'all showed up with pillows. Yeah. Yeah. Happens. Yeah. Back trouble. Um, 
I was just going to say, you get these creaky yeah, necks yeah. and they have demands. Um, okay. So at 20, I would have never put seeds on my food. That's yeah. would not have been happening. Um, so chores like become critical coveted alone time, like going to HEB or even the dentist turns into heaven, turns into heaven yeah. by yourself. It's a spa. Yourself. Yeah. Aisle nine. <laughs> um, I don't think I would have bathed naked with any Barbies. <laughs> I'm do that every day. I'm really responsible about turning off all the lights. Yeah. Things like that. Um, okay. So here's our question from a listener. She asks, what does aging gracefully mean to you? I don't know if this is a direct answer, but I think that the way that I hope to age is um, with empathy, empathetically. Mm-hmm. Like I think that... By 40, you know that everybody has a story. Everybody has stuff. Um, Whatever their stuff is, is the worst stuff that could happen to them. Mm. Um, And to just assume from the get-go when interacting with anybody, a new person or an old person, that that they're just a product of their stories and to come at them with or their experience and to come at them with empathy rather than, I feel like when we were younger, you had to work there, right? Like mm-hmm. you kind of came at them with like judgment or um, expectations, mm-hmm. expectations and then had to learn to give more empathy and understanding to where they had been. And um, I think I'm better at leading with the, leading the empathy with now right. and hope to yeah. continue to grow into that yeah that's that's really good I just want to be a really generous person a generous listener um you know it's the here I am versus there you are person when you walk into a room you know walking into a room saying there you are and making other people feel comfortable um asking questions just being generous with people wanting getting glimpses of God in people you know yeah looking for them expecting them yeah expecting them to be beautiful because you kind of get what you're looking for. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Cheers. Cheers to 40. <laughs> so bitter. <laughs>
they should be the same thing, right? Me. Well, they're not. Mom. Well, I think a booty call is me. Mom, I need you to stop talking, please. Mom. I'm just saying they should essentially mean the same thing. Happy Friday afternoon from Lurella and her non-deserving of her insane wit daughter, Lubel. June 4th, 2017. A good husband supports you in whatever you do. A great husband encourages your inner desire to be a Bruno Mars backup dancer, always smiles across a crowded room when you joyfully lead the wobble at weddings, and is your reluctant but okay, fine, partner, during Sunday morning dance parties in the kitchen with a giant mug of coffee. An excellent husband does not dismiss you and say you cray when you announce you have signed up for an adult hip-hop class, but instead nods and says, of course you did, as you should. The best husband comes to your recital, lies through his teeth when he says, that sequin jacket fits fine, drives to a Whole Foods to bring flowers, sits through four-year-olds doing ballet to the Spanish version of Let It Go, and when you're up on stage, you hear him cheer above the 700 other people when you skip to the front row. But the most stellar husband, undoubtedly, when no one else does, sees what you imagine and believe you look like when you dance. Who needs Bruno when I have Boomer? I would be his backup dancer any day. From the book of Hebrews, continue to remember those in prison as if you were together with them in prison, and those who are mistreated as if you yourselves were suffering. I teach at the women's prison in my neighborhood where week after week I learn that they are just like me and I am just like them. I look in the mirror and wonder, when did this happen? This spot, that wrinkle, weathered hands, tissue, skin. When did the time sneak in? I barely recognize this old lady, but I know where she's been. Not young, never naive, capable hands, thick skin. Will I ever like myself again? I miss the bounce in my step and the swing in my stride. Once hydrated and firm, (laughs) but even my teeth have died. I will turn my thoughts to what lies inside. Because at this age, I know beauty is a deceptive thing. In my heart, I love, laugh, dance, and sing. The only person who needs to think me pretty is me. Dear God, we are here for just a moment, but this moment, how we spend it, has eternal significance. We lift our prayers to you and we give thanks for our lives. Help us, God, to accept who we are right now. 
Release us, Lord, from our tendency to carry burdens not meant for us, to crave approval of men, to rush. The many ways we let life pass us by. Help us to live one day at a time. Help us to give and to receive wisdom. Our times of transition are not always easy. They're not always short, but you are with us and we thank you for that. You are so loving and perpetually understanding. We pray these things, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Till on that cross as Jesus died, the wrath of God was satisfied for every sin on him was laid here in the death of christ i live and for this episode a special thank you to chan redfield for music don greer hall kristen kelly lubel cruz gaelic lisa jones lloyd pamela anthony cutright kristen devore and revival living interiors email us your questions at center at gmail.com and keep in touch on Facebook at Allison M. Sullivan and Instagram and Twitter at Allison M. Sully. And be sure to catch the mini episode for extras.